What did we think of the monster wide receiver performances in week 18, including CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Nico Collins, and Amon Ross St. Brown? It's time to break down our reactions for the last week of the season on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL fantasy and betting for SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuk, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. Together, we're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in your league. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day, year-round as well. So, the season has ended, but we got the playoffs coming up. There's some uh, playoff DFS we can look at. We were looking at DFS last week, so a lot of good stuff. And we'll always be looking forward to the 2024 fantasy season as we talk about players and teams going forward. And we'll do an in-depth dive into all the teams as we go through the offseason with free agency and drafts. So we're going to be here all offseason long to help you dominate your leagues, prep, do the advanced scouting you need to do. So... We're going to be here and uh, hope you will be too. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. We are number one sportsbook in America. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked on to get started today. All right, Michelle, it is uh, time to dive in here to uh, some of the things we took away from week 18 Surprise, some of the things that happened in Week 18 were also happening for much of the season. Let's start with the story that we were looking for. I was very happy that I put CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson in my FanDuel lineup that we revealed on air. CeeDee Lamb goes off, of course. They were playing the Commanders. It was a slow start. I was a little bit worried, but Dak Prescott goes nuts. 279-4, and 98-2 and two of those on 13 targets go to CeeDee Lamb. It was just like a regular day for them at this point. So they pulled away. The Eagles were losing at the same time. Didn't matter. They still did it to the commanders. Yeah. And they rested the guys for most of the fourth quarter and they put up those numbers. CD lamb a finishes as a wide receiver one in points per game just for the full season. But like consider a slow start. Let's just look at since week six, he's averaging five more points per game than any other wide receiver during that span. So Tyreek kills at 22 points per game. CD lamb is at nearly 28 <laughs> points per game in PPR league since week six. He just, dominated most the like after week five just absolute domination for fantasy yeah i mean tyreek hill was the story for a lot of the season but cd lamb just exploded reality wise fantasy wise whatever you want to look at it i mean cd lamb arguably right there with dak with a case for mvp on his own team just based on how much throwing to him has really made this cowboys offense explode the team rolled down the stretch right they ended up winning the NFC East because of this offense getting hot. So, look, the question is now, there's two things. I mean, Dak, I guess, is in the NFL MVP conversation with uh, Lamar Jackson and other people. But are you going to trust CeeDee Lamb right now? He finished first. Are you going to trust him there as the number one wide receiver off the board? In which case, 
He'd be the running for potential first pick overall on the board if you're looking at PPR. Yeah, I think it'll be hard to go with anyone but Christian McCaffrey at 101 next year. But when looking at wide receiver, he's going to be right in that conversation with Justin Jefferson, with Tyreek Hill. And I think it's fair if someone wants to take him first. Of course, we have a whole offseason. We'll see what they add. Maybe they draft a guy in the first round. But right now, CeeDee Lamb is looking like uh, yeah, a top five pick for next year. I mean, when we're talking about top five picks, though, for wide receiver position, Amon Ross St. Brown and Justin Jefferson, they both go off and have huge games in the final week of the season against each other in the same game. Jefferson puts up an absurd 192 receiving yards and a touchdown. St. Brown has 144 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Justin Jefferson finishes as the wide receiver five in points per game on the season. St. Brown wide receiver four in points per game this season. And St. Brown is one of just three wide receivers with 1,500 plus receiving yards this year with Tyree Kill and CeeDee Lamb. So obviously Justin Jefferson, as long as he has Kirk Cousins back or a solid quarterback, he's going to be drafted highly. But what about Amon Ra St. Brown? How high is too high to draft him in 2024? Yeah, I might look at it this way. I, I'll say CeeDee Lamb. I don't think anything's going to change with him right now with Dak Prescott, right? With the Vikings, they could be moving on from Kirk Cousins, so we'll see. But Justin Jefferson can put up these numbers we saw, right? It's Nick Mullins, whoever is out there. As long as this person is aggressive to throw the ball downfield to Justin Jefferson, you're going to get the numbers. He's just that good. So I think you go in that order, but it might be just I'm on Ross St. Brown next, and everyone else we're going to just – Battle for it, right? A.J. Brown was a little bit up and down. Tyreek Hill was awesome, but he's getting a little older as we go in with each year, and he adds a little bit of wear and tear. These guys are all in their prime, right? I mean, C.D. Lamb, Jefferson, and M.R.S. St. Brown are just getting started. These are their elite years. And we've seen, look, Justin Jefferson not gotten hurt. I mean, it's a slight deviation. We all had him at the number one wide receiver, but, look, he got hurt a little bit. That slowed him down. And then, <clears throat> remember, it took him a few games to get going, right? So if he had been there, then he might have been right up there. I think just CeeDee Lamb, we were just down on the Cowboys offense. I think Amon Ra, I think a lot of people had maybe the back end of the first round, depending on the format. But I think these three are the receivers everyone's going to target early in drafts next year for sure, no matter how you look at it. Now, I will say another guy that might be in the conversation, maybe not that high, but definitely wide receiver one, where it's going to end up this year. Nico Collins, he goes nuts. Nine catches, 195 yards in a TD. The one thing that might give you pause is, okay, they have another guy, too, in Tank Dell that can be explosive. Maybe you have room for two top 12 guys, and maybe this becomes a version of the 49ers offense part two, which it already is with Debo and Brandon Ayuk, and we can support both these guys. But, again, Nico, the arrow's pointing way up with C.J. Stroud as a quarterback. Yeah, Nico Collins is so interesting because he had so many massive games, uh, a lot of yeah. down games as well, inconsistent because Tank it was either Tank Dell or Nico Collins or Dolan Schultz game, right, with some games having both of them go off. But Tank, like you said, should be back and fine for next year. Do they draft another wide receiver? I mean, I know Nico Collins had a great year, but he's still Nico Collins, right? Are you worried? Do you take a guy earlier to give C.J. Stroud even more weapons? But, it, I mean – 195 of Stroud's 264 yards went to went to Nico Collins yeah. in this game. Also, a big thing looking at the 24, 2024 fantasy season for both Stroud and Nico Collins is do they keep offensive coordinator Bobby Slowick or does he get taken yeah. away for a head coaching job? Yeah. Now, that will be huge because changing offensive coordinators would make me nervous for anybody, let alone Stroud going into his second season. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But 
Yeah, Collins might be drafted too early for me to take that risk next yeah, year, but it'll be interesting to see good. how high he goes. Yeah, the one thing about like Lamb that I have to say is like I'm not sure the Cowboys are going to invest in another receiver, right? And they seem okay with that, right? They're just going to plug in guys, Brand Cooks, complimentary players. I mean, I know Jefferson is Jordan Addison, but I think as we've noticed, Addison makes Jefferson better, Jefferson makes Addison better, and then you'll have TJ Hawkinson back in the mix. So there's all that to consider, but the Vikings are also past first team. That's the way they're going to be going forward with Kevin O'Connell, no matter if it's Kirk Cousins or someone else. But I feel like the Vikings might draft a quarterback. Maybe it's one of the quarterbacks playing tonight in the championship game. But I feel like that could actually help, right? A guy that can come in and just lets it fly to these uh, guys. We saw that with CJ Stroud and Nico Collins here. So I'm really excited. I mean, there's a lot of bright future at wide receiver. And this tells you again that, Look, if you took McCaffrey, you were happy, but any other way you went at running back, you were going to be disappointed. If you'd taken any of these top wide receivers, there was a lot, little bit of deviation, but you still got what you were looking for in the end. So something to look at overall that we're considering. Now, in our next segment, we'll talk about another quarterback who broke out who's going to continue on the playoffs like Stroud, as well as some running back situations we're monitoring in Pittsburgh and Tennessee at this point. Uh, before we do that, we got to hear – from another of our fine sponsors. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. It is a new year. And look, we know NFL teams are hiring in a lot of places, but every small business is also trying to find the right combination, the leadership, and beyond there to help their small business thrive. And I'm sure as a small business owner, you're asking yourself this question, what's the one move I can make that I can Take my next business to the next level in 2024. LinkedIn Jobs knows that your business all depends on its success, on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn just isn't another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy. We have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the prompts and process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, we will continue the show here in a moment, but a quick programming reminder to check it out. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is available for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on the YouTube channel and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming service. All right, Michelle. All right, let's look at this. Jordan Love. Another guy that was high on as a sleeper, QB1. He ends the season in style here, takes down the Bears. The Packers are going on the playoffs to play Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. So that should be an interesting game that you want to be attached to here in Fantasy Daily for sure this weekend. Now, looking at it, Jane Reed banged up, couldn't play, right? That was a little bit of a bummer in this final game, but Jordan Love, Definitely, I think, is in the QB1 conversation and maybe that middle tier. But 
where you're going to go and what you're going to think about with his wide receivers because it was all over the place this season. It kind of had a little bit of Romeo Dobbs and a little bit of Christian Watson, then they got hurt. Dubs ended up season hurt, a little Dontavian Wicks, then Jane Reed showed up. So <clears throat> I'm not quite sure what to do, how I want to pick these uh, Packers pass catchers, not just in the playoffs, but maybe next year. Yeah, so Love has finished the season on a really big high. Like you said, quarterback six in points per game over the year, second most passing touchdowns in the NFL behind only Dak Prescott. And it's not like his passing touchdown percent is too crazy high. It's sitting at 5.5. Like that's a very reasonable percentage of passing touchdowns per pass attempt that you don't have to think that's going to regress or decline. Uh, so, and he's been passing to all these super, super young guys. All but one of his passing touchdowns went to a first or second year player. 31 passing touchdowns to such players is the most in a single season in the common draft era. So since 1967. And these players are going to get more experience or they're going to sign vets or draft more guys early on. Like he's only going to get better, you would think. And Jaden Reed actually did end up playing in week 18. He was doubtful and then he played with the chest injury and he had a career day. 112 receiving yards. So Jaden Reed also finished on a super strong note. Since week 10, averaged 17.4 points per game, 10th among wide receivers during that span. So Jaden Jaden Reed should be considered a high pick next year, like mid, mid round, like five, six, probably. And Jordan Love is going to be one of those middle drafted guys. And we'll see what they add to feel how comfortable we feel with taking him there. But uh, definitely, this is a great sign for Packers fans and for this offense moving forward. Yeah, this is definitely a good matchup this week as well. If you're looking in DFS, I mean, the slot is where the Cowboys kind of struggle here. So Reed healthy again now i mean it was tough there with that injury but uh came back now and we know he's in the mix and maybe dubs is out so some things to always watch out for this packers receiving core it's always someone in or out here but reed looks like the guy and i really like him this week so hint hint at uh, where we might be going in dfs for that uh, slate on sunday now Najee harris again this guy was much maligned he was barely hanging on as a thread, a, not even a viable flex play for the first half of the season. He goes nuts again. He goes for 112 yards, a touchdown on the ground. He even gets involved in the pass game. Remember the Jalen Warren thing? <laughs> Jalen Warren kind of faded down the stretch as they needed someone to carry the load. Power back, five catches for 21 yards. So, look, Najee Harris, that was very promising. They got their offensive line going. Now, what it shows is, you just need a quarterback who can provide a deep threat, right? It doesn't have to be real <laughs> necessarily, but if teams are worried a little bit about the downfield passing game, things are going to open up the running game. And that's, I think, exactly what's happened with Mason Rudolph. Yeah, you have to think about Najee Harris's career. He's played with Ben Roethlisberger during his last season when he couldn't throw down the field at all. His pass yards per attempt were like six, I don't know, like the lowest in the league. Yeah. It was abysmal. And then he's been playing with Kenny Pickett or Mitch Trubisky, who don't throw down the field either. Uh, very rarely anyways, their pass yards per attempt are also extremely low. Finally, he plays with a guy that can open it up, like you said. And over those last three games with Mason Rudolph, he's averaging 24 carries a game, over 100 rushing yards per game four rushing touchdowns, and nearly 21 fantasy points per game. So it will be interesting to consider where his draft price is next year. Does this good end of the season push it up? Or I think still the name Najee Harris is not yeah. exciting to people. I think he might be a really solid value next year in drafts, depending on who is the Steelers' starting quarterback. If it's back to Kenny Pickett, then no thank you. Well, it depends, right? If they get an offense that's going to say we're dedicated – 
to throw the ball downfield to George Pickens, or they make another move to upgrade their offensive line, right? That could be something we're looking at to see. So there's some variables at play, right? I'm not sure Mason Rudolph is going to be the future. He wasn't really the present. (laughs) He just was kind of backdoored into this role. So I'm not sure exactly what you're going to get. I I also would duck for this uh, game this week against Bills and Steelers. You might see a lot of interceptions in this one between Josh Allen and Mason Rudolph, just guys taking shots downfield and maybe uh, flashing across to uh, pick some balls off. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, Najee Harris definitely restored some of his fantasy value. Now, it was a sad day for a lot of Titans fans. They saw King Henry maybe crowning achievement for the last time here, 153 yards on the ground. TD, they knocked the Jaguars, the kind of inconsistent, kind of uh, take-us-down Jaguars. They finally uh, knocked them out here out of the playoffs. So it was also a very appropriate kind of heir apparent changing of the guard, right? You had Ty J. Spears get a couple scores. So it was like, all right, my time is done. I'm going out on a high note. I think Derrick Henry knows it. I think the Titans know it. And they also know that Ty J. Spears, this backfield is in good hands. So, look, he's one of those guys, Michelle, that – I don't know. I have to maybe contain myself to draft Ty J. Spears because I think you'll see a lot of different ways they're going to use him. He could be like Brees Hall, right? Or Bijan Robinson, where use him in the passing game, get him involved in the red zone. He's just so explosive. I think he's going to be a key weapon for Will Levis going forward. Yeah. The one thing to be nervous of is like a Tony Pollard, like you just brought up. He was great as, you know, a side yeah. option and not so much a lead back. Also, his knees don't really have any, in, like, don't have ACLs intact, right? So, yeah. can he hold up with a lot of workload? But he does look really good, right? He only had three carries, yeah. but broke off one for a 22 yard touchdown. He only had three receptions, but broke off one for a long receiving touchdown. So, he is special in that way. We'll see if, like, he's the main dude there. Maybe they bring in someone else, but it did really seem like Derrick Henry was saying goodbye. It seems like he knows that was his last game. I will say for Henry, when it comes to fantasy next year, like I know he had an up and down year, five games with five or fewer points. So five games, he absolutely destroyed you. But he also had nine games with 18 plus points. So (laughs) nine games, he won you weeks, right? Or like really helped you anyway. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes and if he can continue uh, producing good fantasy points. But we're going to talk about the quarterback and the offense on the opposite side of the ball that the Titans and Derrick Henry just uh, beat up on and kicked out of the playoffs. But And also some other bad offenses. There's There are some brutal performances this week. Uh, before we do that, though, let's talk about another one of our great sponsors. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, and there's still time to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. Like you can find bets in the new Explore tab or make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. You can even make in-game wagers and live same-game parlays. All you have to do is to get started is to visit FanDuel.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 
Vinny, Trevor Lawrence, your boy, yeah. comes back. And, I mean, for having a, a sprained shoulder on his throwing arm, he didn't necessarily look too bad, right? I know everyone's going to remember that last play. Slightly overthrowing Calvin Ridley. Could Calvin Ridley have caught it? Maybe. But it was a slight overthrow, right? And they were down 28-20 to 20 at that point at the end of the game. If Ridley catches that, probably a touchdown. Possibly, and possibly they tie it up. So that's what people are going to remember from the ending of that Jaguar season. They lose the game. They miss the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence ends as the quarterback 17 in fantasy points per game on the season. Almost identical fantasy points per game to Baker Mayfield. What do you take of his 2023 fantasy season and his outlook for next year? Yeah, it's highly disappointing. And what I don't like necessarily, this is going to be a call out to this like Andy Reid, Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy type thing is they're not really good at just changing things up for the quarterback. They're really not good at this. Now, they're really good at maybe adjusting to, okay, we're going to run a little bit more this week, take pressure off the quarterback. But in terms of they're too rigid sometimes in the way they line up people, right? It's like they have an X, Y, and Z, and they have to go here. <laughs> I'm getting a little into the weeds a little bit, but this is what the problem is. They never adjusted, right? It's like, okay, there's Zay Jones is not healthy. So I guess Calvin Ridley is not going to be effective if Zay Jones is lining up here. Like, it's weird. And then Christian Kirk goes down. And look, Christian Kirk, we just undervalued him as the go-to guy, really. He opened up the whole entire offense for Trevor Lawrence. And I think that was a big thing that hurt him as well all season long. And I think he played hurt. You're right on that. I think he's played hurt for a lot of the season with something. He hasn't been right. And look, the shoulder, definitely those balls just sailed. Those are some easy passes he missed at the end of the game that could have extended the game for the Jaguars. So, look, I think Trevor Lawrence is a good rebound candidate. He'll probably be available cheaper next year. And keep in mind this, Michelle, Calvin Ridley is a free agent. So they're going to have to maybe find some changes here. I think the offensive line could also use a little bit of an upgrade, especially at guard, maybe mix things up on the right side. So, there's some things that they have to fundamentally correct. They can't be all about Evan Ingram and Christian Kirk and not use Travis Etienne, right? That's another thing they could have done. Use Etienne, get him to run after the catch and do some things. So I'll say when you look at the Chiefs cut type of system that's spread everywhere, it's very solid if all the pieces are in place and there's like a flow to the offense. But I think a 49ers-like system is a little bit better kind of adjusting to that right if they had that in place maybe they would have turned Etienne into more of like a Christian McCaffrey helped the quarterback that way but that didn't quite happen here so look there's a lot of things they need to go to the drawing board but I, I think it was a bad year not just for Lawrence but for uh, Peterson and Press Taylor they got to go back to the drawing board and figure this out so I think that's a lot of it as well now we have to add an extra bad offense that we saw it was to a tie below I mean look Mike McDaniel there's no question he's a great offensive coach, but I think they need some more receiving help. I, I mean, I saw it. I mean, Cedric Wilson is not that good. When Jan Waddle's out, then just double-team Tyreek Hill, take him out. Durham Smythe isn't going to do nothing at tight end. It's very easy to defend this team. It's either you stop the run. If you can't stop the run, then just make sure Tyreek Hill doesn't beat you. So I think what they're missing that the 49ers have that McDaniel should look for Get some more versatility in that offense. You need a couple more weapons in there, like a Kittle, or get that pass catching going with a chance. So I think that's what hurts. They're so, again, rigid in their system, and if something throws it off, you see what happens to Tua. 
Yeah, I mean, a, another game where he struggles versus a good team. It's like he only had good games this year against really bad defenses and teams overall. But also just, A, he ends as a quarterback 21 in points per game among quarterbacks this yeah. year. I Almost identical points per game as Geno Smith. That's just inexcusable, especially with how hot he started. But when you consider how rough he's been on the road as well, like you can't go into next season being like, oh, well, our road games, unless we're playing a super easy team, we're not going to perform very well. Like it got to pick that up. And now with that loss, they have to go to Kansas City, play in negative degree weather instead of just getting to play at home. Yeah. And in the warmth, and it's going to be a hard game for them uh, on the road against the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are also inconsistent this year, so maybe they struggle on offense too. But you're right with, with the weapons. They need to get more weapons. Jalen Waddle, I'm almost positive, did not not get hurt in a single game this year. There was never a game I watched the Dolphins that Jalen Waddle didn't suffer an injury and had to miss at least a couple plays, right? He normally came back in. But always, it looked like a very, very dramatic injury. It like looked like he was going to be out for the year uh, every week. And then he would come back in. But then, obviously, he's had a missed time now at the end of the year. But Jalen Waddle cannot be trusted to stay healthy for a full year, uh, let alone a couple games at a time. So they need to get him more weapons instead of just Tyreek Hill. And then let's talk about the Eagles offense also. I just can't believe what happened in this game. So they're the Eagles get down 24 to zero against the giants in the second quarter. So they end up benching Jalen hurts because there was no point of keeping him in, but that was after hurts already dislocated his middle finger on his throwing hand. It looked like a terrible broken finger, but it just dislocated. So that's good. AJ Brown gets a knee injury to be determined on what that yeah. is. Devontae Smith already missed week 18 with an ankle injury. This offense is hurting badly and they've lost six of their last seven games and they've scored fewer than 20 points in five of the last seven games. Like does this offense get back on track at all during the playoffs or are they just done for this year? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Buccaneers, they are a favorable matchup when you look at the secondary, but what are the Buccaneers going to do? They're going to take away the run. They're a very stout run defense. So the Eagles can't lean on that, and that's been a problem, right? They haven't got the running game going to set up the downfield throws, and Jalen Hurts is not fully healthy to push the ball downfield. And really, they rely on just you know some flashy big plays that may not be there if A.J. Brown is not at 100%. So this is not looking good for them to stick around in the playoffs. I mean, the Buccaneers are solid, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are definitely tough matchups for the secondary. So when you look at it, yeah, yeah the Eagles – this is one of the more disappointing teams. I know Jalen Hurts, with all those, uh, whatever you want to call them, the brotherly shoves, they got those points, right? That's basically how Jalen Hurts saved himself this season, mm -hmm. like all the little short rushing touchdowns. But if he didn't have those, it would not have been a great year. And I think the same goes for Josh Allen. I mean, they're lucky. It's part of their game, and that's why you draft them in fantasy that they do that. But when you peel back and say that, did Jalen Hurts execute as well or play as well as he did last year? Absolutely not. I mean, he was an MVP runner-up, didn't play at that level at all. And I think part of it, he was playing hurt, right? Again, he got hit early in the season, was a little bit tentative run, then the hits piled up. Offensive line got a little banged up as well along the way. So, look, he was just a lot of things. And then another team that might need to expand, right? Dallas Goddard can't just show up for a few games. They need a third wide receiver, right? They can't just have two wide receivers. You need to be a little bit more multiple. And again, it comes back to like having that George Kittle type that we know that these teams don't have, like a field stretching big play guy, whether he's a tight end or a wide receiver with 
with some size. So we'll see, but I, I just don't love their chances. I'm going to fade a lot of Eagles this week. If I'm going to look at anyone against the Buccaneers. Now, Michelle, um, you had to stay up really late last night. It happened, I think, after the game. I don't even know. Was it 1 a.m. or something Eastern time? Might have been. Arthur Smith. I knew he was gone ever since he carped about Dennis Allen scoring. And then Jameis Winston said, no, we wanted to score with Jamal Williams because Jamal Williams had zero touchdowns after having a gazillion last year. Something like that. But I knew as soon as he had that fight on the field, he was done. Like, this is it. He just said, I'm going to go out looking like whatever. And that's what happened. It's a big deal because look, seven and 10, seven and 10, seven and 10. That's how they finish. Offense disappoints every single year. Now they can finally get a franchise quarterback that's going to unlock all these weapons. I think it's going to be fantastic. So I'm excited. I'm excited about the Falcons' possibilities with B. John Robinson, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London finally with a new coach. Yeah, I mean, it was the best thing to happen for fantasy that the Falcons lost this game and not just lost, like got demolished. And because if they lost a close game, I don't know if they would have fired him, but because they lost so poorly, badly, and it was just, yeah, you knew he had to go. And you knew he knew he was going, like you said, once he started that fight with Dennis Allen, like he was just frustrated and knew his job was over. Um, But yeah, please hire an offensive coach like Ben Johnson that will utilize his top playmakers <laughs> that you drafted early and it'll be interesting to see which quarterback they go after because it's not like they have a super early draft pick so maybe they they take a guy maybe they trade up in the draft or take a guy middle of the first round or maybe they trade for justin fields which would be great yeah. as well uh because it seems like field stays uh in chicago are probably limited uh, but yeah, we're going to have an ex- exciting off season with all these coaching changes with quarterbacks moving around uh, with an amazing draft class. It, it should be a really fun off season. Yeah. And if you missed it as well, the commanders let Ron Rivera go. So they're looking for a quarterback. They're looking for a coach as well. Then of course we have from earlier, the chargers, Raiders, Panthers, they're on the list and we'll see what the Patriots do. So some changes could be on the way, but there are some rumors, Michelle, that Jim Harbaugh and J.J. McCarthy might reunite in Atlanta, which would be crazy. But we'll see how that goes. And then, uh, obviously, we'd be all in on the Falcons if that happened in uh, fantasy and offensive-wise and wherever else we could get them. Now, there were some injuries, of course, that we're going to monitor. We mentioned A.J. Brown and Jalen Hurts. On the defensive side, T.J. Watt is a little bit of a concern this week. And then, def- or offensively, Sam Laporte is the big one. I don't think we're going to have him against the Rams. And this is a huge loss, Michelle, because this is going to be a shootout. The over-under already, by the way, if you're going to invest in games, is above 50 in this one for the Rams-Lions on Sunday night. So you take out Sam Laporta and the Rams, not a very good tight end coverage team. So I think this is a hurting the Lions' chances in this game. But also, where do they go? Do they adjust to more Jameson Williams? I don't know. I think you take your shot with Williams. He's the big play guy. Maybe that's the pivot here. But yeah, Laporta, really sad after a record-setting tight end year. Yeah, what's really good for fantasy, though, is that this shouldn't affect next year at all. I mean, it looked like a really gross injury, right? His knee like went yeah. the wrong way. It was, But it ended up being just a hyperextension. So a couple-week injury instead of it being an ACL or some other ligament tear. That's huge, right? He'll be completely fine for next year in, in terms of this injury. So we can take a sigh, a, a breath of relief there, because I was super worried that maybe he wouldn't be ready to go for next year. But that it seems to be he avoided the massive injury. 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, something that is always good because when a young player gets hurt at the end of the season, it, the rehab could be a long time. You don't know when they can come back. So, yeah, those are the notable things. Now, another thing that was happening is it doesn't look like Saquon Barkley, even after the big game against the Eagles, looks like he's going to come back as a giant. He doesn't seem to be interested to hang around there. So we'll, in, interesting to see where he goes. But plenty of time with the offseason to talk about all that. The rest of this week, we'll uh, get you set here for – what we're looking at in the divisional or the wild card round, and we'll get to divisional and conference championship, Super Bowl, all kind of good stuff here to break down here for you from the fantasy perspective as we also look forward to 2024 for Locked On Fantasy Football. This has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.